Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Today, I'm joined by two lovely souls, Molly and Madison, and this is the Dakota Student Reunion. How are you guys doing? So good. How are you? I'm doing well. And of course, we're joined by Ben, the lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so excited to be here. Good. I'm glad to have you guys on again, and I hope you are doing well. This episode of the Dakota Student Podcast is sponsored by Fighting Over Sue. Fighting Over Sue is a feature-length documentary told through one-on-one interviews with tribal leaders, students, alumni, bloggers, reporters, politicians, and superfans. When the NCAA bans a small hockey town's Native American name and logo, a battle begins to save a college icon. Filmed across North Dakota in Grand Forks, Fargo, and Bismarck, as well as throughout the Standing Rock, Spirit Lake, and Turtle Mountain Indian Reservations, Fighting Over Sioux has been featured in film festivals across the United States. The documentary is available in theaters now throughout North Dakota and on demand through computer, TV, and mobile devices. To watch it online, go to Vimeo On Demand and search Fighting Over Sioux. In theaters in Williston, Kenmare, Minot, Wing, Bismarck, Fargo, East Grand Forks, Grafton, and Park River. First, let's give some life updates. How's it going? Molly on the East Coast, Madison, you're still in North Dakota, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Sadly, I'm still in North Dakota. Today is like the first day that it actually like snowed though, so that's kind of nice. I mean, I think it snowed, but... It's snowing out right now. So it's nice that it didn't snow until now. But um, today is like my last day of doing college stuff ever. So that's kind of exciting, I guess. But woot, woot. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Molly, how about you? How's it going? Everything's been really good. So we actually got a huge snowstorm last weekend to the point where like a bunch of people lost power and I went sledding. <laughs> um, so that was exciting. But Everything's been good for me. I have a job. I am a homeschool teacher. Um, so that's my life at the moment. Was it hard getting a job? Um, luckily, this was like all through connections. So um, it wasn't bad. It kind of just fell on my lap. And like at this point in my life, I just took it because I with COVID and pandemic and like not working like in the office, I didn't want to like start a job remotely. And then when I do have to go to work, like hate the people I work with, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I'm a better learner if I'm doing it. And I feel like having to train everything by myself just like wouldn't be the best, like for my personality type. So I get to go to work Monday through Friday at this like family's house and it's good. Nice. Glad to hear. So uh, we got to bring up COVID because, of course, we're still in the pandemic. And a uh, big important update is the FDA has approved the vaccine. Now, we had an article come out not too long ago about is this too early to you know push for the vaccine? What do you guys think about that? Um, I, I have mixed emotions on the vaccine. I do think that it did come out rather quickly compared to almost every other vaccine. Um, but I do understand like the importance of it. Um, I think it's going to be a while before it will be available to like people like us. Cause obviously it's like healthcare workers, I think teachers and then like high risk are going to get it first. And I think I was reading somewhere that like, we won't be able to get it until April at the earliest. Um, my biggest thing is like, 
I'm still like young. And so I worry that like, say it does have bad side effects that like that will hit me later on in life. Say yeah. like if the side mm-hmm. effects are going to hit me in 40 years, like I'm still young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, and I don't know what the side effects are. I don't know. Am I going to get the vaccine? Probably because I would like to just like be able to get some normalcy back. But I also heard that like for concerts and everything, Ticketmaster like will not sell you a ticket unless you can prove that you've been vaccinated. I don't know. Someone told me that. Oh, my hairdresser told me that when I was there this week. So I don't know. To me, that's kind of sketchy because like we don't force anyone to vaccinate. So like, why do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying with the long-term effects. Yeah. I'm kind of nervous about it too. I would like to see like England, their results. Hmm. They approved of it way earlier than I shouldn't say way earlier, but no. earlier than us. Um, so I would like to see that some more, but I, I, yeah, I get the urgency. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I feel like the fortunate part for us is because we're in that later group, we can maybe see some of the data that's now been coming in from these early vaccinations compared to like these first few people who, besides the trials, this is the first time it's actually going into the wild. So definitely something we'll be all watching. Yeah. That's something that I think is like the good part about it is that like, we're not going to be the first people by any means to get this. So like we'll get to see how it like works with the general population outside of a trial basis. Um, I am like definitely not even counting on getting it until like June. Like I have friends who like, they think that tomorrow everything's going back to normal because the vaccine is out. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I don't think that we have any chance of seeing any sort of normalcy until at least next fall. Like, there's no way they're going to be able to vaccinate every single person in the U S and then you're going to have those people who aren't going to get the vaccination. And I mean, I think everybody at this point that I've talked to is scared, but they are like, I'm going to get it. I mean, I plan to get it when I can get it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of like funny TikToks of like, if you've ever been in the basement of a fraternity or gone to the bathroom in a frat, you do not need to worry about what's in the COVID vaccine. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, like I was saying earlier, I still think it's so interesting that like a year ago, we were all just talking about this. Like it, it was just coming out of China at this point And like, yeah, it, it's just insane that here we are a year later and this is still like such a huge thing. Like when we last like left off us four in the podcast, COVID was like just hitting the US. And so it's just kind of crazy to see how this all has snowballed. Like, yeah. Yeah. Has it matched uh, our expectations from last year? I know we talked about it being pretty bad. I think I mentioned that it was it was like the MERS and SARS combined in terms of infection and death rate. Do you guys think it's matched that expectation? Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. so. I think that like back in the beginning, I never thought it would get this bad. Like I I mean, I was scared of it, but like I that like when we first started talking about it, everybody was still like, it's just the flu, it's just the flu and like now here we are. And I think that in the beginning, I also thought that North Dakota was going to be some sort of a safe spot. But like we had said, North Dakota 
not too long ago was the worst place in the whole entire world. Like not just the United States, like literally in the whole entire world. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The one thing that surprised me was I never would have expected the U S to be the worst. I was expecting like some of these heart, uh, maybe not third world countries, but not with as good of a medical system as we have or anything. But I, I also think it was part of the fact that for so long, everyone was just told, oh, this is the flu and it's going to go away. And then it, it never did really go away. And now we look at, okay, we look at the, the week after election week, not even election day this year, at how much it's, it went up. And then Thanksgiving and now we're looking at Christmas. It's like, this, is, this isn't gone. This isn't going away. And we, you, would, you would think with it how good our medical system is that we would be able to take care of this and not expect to be some of the, one of the worst areas in the world at all of this. I think it's less our, our medical field and more so the citizens and their, you know, their freedoms. Um, I was, express themselves. Yeah. Literally what I was going to say, I am not surprised at all that the U S has handled this so sh- just because of like freedom and control and everyone being a freaking nutball about it. I think that's my favorite quote, honestly. Somebody quote me on that. Um, yeah. I, so New Hampshire is like a very interesting state because there's a lot of liberal people and then like a lot of conservative people. So it's been really interesting, especially like with the election. So Oh, I'm sure you guys have talked about the election on this, but, um, so we can talk about that later as well. <laughs> ooh, okay. Anyway, so New Hampshire, we were a blue state for, um, presidency. However, our governor is a Republican and like one with flying colors. So it was interesting. I think I was like reading an article about how like in New Hampshire bases their like pick off like person, not party, if that like makes sense. So, um, I just thought it was like not surprising because with like how like COVID's been handled because you see everyone in like North Dakota and like how the governor, his lead on it was like at the very beginning when all of this started and he's like, I'm not shutting down schools. And then six hours later, he had to go back into a process like a uh, um, conference to say, I am canceling schools because of like the pressure. Cause he's like, I'm not afraid of this. Like, I don't, it almost seemed like he didn't even like believe in it because of that whole like no mask mandate until like what a month ago, two months mm-hmm. ago, a month ago. And it, it was originally going to expire tomorrow. Yeah. And like you guys were in like such like a danger zone, pretty much like you couldn't even like really go out without like running the risk of like getting it no matter where you go. So you see states like that. And then you see states like, I don't know, I guess you could say like Vermont that have been super proactive about like, mass and like social distancing and like not like having gatherings and like having like a strong like sense of leadership and I think that's the difference between the U.S. and other states where like we have to look to our governors pretty much for what our state is gonna do instead of having like one sole person be able to pick what everyone does and I think that was like the huge issue with like the lockdown and why the U S hasn't been able to get it under control because we can't technically lock down like other places in the world can because of like how our like government works. Yeah. yeah. I can see that as a positive and negative, you know? I, right. Yeah. 
It's just a tough spot to be in. It is. It really is. I'm still amazed, though, at how much of this became a political issue and not a public health issue. It was like, this is a public safety thing. It's not a, I'm on this party, so I'm going to do this, and not, and this party isn't the right one because they're not doing the right thing. I'm <laughs> like, I, I don't get this. The Democrats made it up, Benjamin. Come on. <laughs> I agree with that, Ben. Like, I have such an issue because, like, I don't know. I tend to lean like, yeah. Anyways, I just feel like politics for me wasn't this, like has never been involved in this. Like you said, it to me, it's a public health issue. And like, it doesn't matter like red or blue left or right. Like our people are dying and like, we need to just like buck up and, care about each other rather than caring about like my freedom being taken away because I have to wear a mask. Like, I think that that's why it also spiraled so badly in North Dakota, because so many people here treated it like such a political issue. And like, I, yeah, I disagree with you on that, that like, this isn't a political issue. I'm tired of people politicizing it. Like literally wear a mask, stay home. It's not that hard. I think it's almost embarrassing, like how selfish Americans are. And I think that that can like be shown through like how it was handled. Like we are so selfish to be like, I don't want to follow like whatever public health safety, like protocol, because I want to do what's like in my best interest. And I think like that shows a lot like about our government and like how the U.S. works outside of like other places in the world. Like we are so selfish, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so selfish. And it shows. I think in some areas, yeah, I agree. But other areas, I I think we're pretty selfless. You know, we, we give a lot compared to other countries. That's very true. We do. And I think we true, you know, people are selfish in the sense, you know, they don't want to wear a mask because they can't breathe. And that's, that's their own opinion. That's for themselves, you know, but I, I do think, some of those people who choose not to wear the mask and who want personal liberty, I feel like they are also the people who uh, help their neighbors a lot. You know, it's, it's not fair to group them into the selfish category, but some people are definitely selfish and they are in it for themselves. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're still on the COVID topic, uh, the Grand Forks Herald broke a story two days ago that President Armacost tested positive. What do you guys think of that? Um, I think it's interesting. Um, I also think it's interesting just like how UND has been with like classes and everything. Um, and like, okay, you, you guys have a hybrid schedule or no? Like, are you guys going to class in person at all or have that option or no? Um, we had the option at the beginning of the year, but I think during Thanksgiving, they kind of said, professors, what do you guys think? And then all my professors said, I'm switching online. So I think they just left it up to the professor for that. Mm-hmm. I do okay. know some people that are still going to class. I think a lot of the English department was still going to class. Not surprised. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a mix. It's people are in different uh, thoughts. They they don't know. No, yeah, I just like have like seen the updates from like UND on like their Instagram stories or whatever, and I just think it's interesting having him like as a leader and like masks are required and you have all these testing events. But I'm also like not surprised, just like because they have like pushed class and they have pushed like having normalcy on campus. So I just think it's almost like, well, that's like 
what you get in like a place that's so bad with COVID. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. But yeah. I mean, I hope that he's healthy and I hope everything turns out great for him. Like in my thoughts, sending good vibes his way, but like it's give and take. And like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty surprised he got it. I feel like, you know, with his, his plan, it's kind of weird to say, but I feel that he kind of goes against the typical North Dakotan thought, you know, he's, he was really proactive with it. He releases he letters to the community mm-hmm. very frequently. So I don't know. It just surprised me a little bit that he caught it. I feel like he'd have more safety measures, but you know, it's the president. I'm sure right. he goes to a lot of meetings and stuff. And even if you do everything right, you can still get it. Mm-hmm. Right. I saw it was his wife that exposed him. Oh, oh. that was oh. his only close. Um, but so I do think like compared to other like colleges, I do think there were things that UND was lacking in it. But at the same time, like I will say I have been thoroughly impressed with Armacost since he took over. Like he's done a good job, not only like with COVID, I mean, cause it's hard. I mean, I do think that at one point in the semester, we probably should have gone remote, but uh, that's such a hard call to make. I'm not in that position. So I can't say what is right or wrong, but I think he's done such a good job of like, especially because we like all, our city leaders were like, totally like no mask mandate da, 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 until things got bad. And Armacost was like Mason had said, sending letters, having discussion with all these people basically saying like, I don't want to have to close my college campus and we need some help from outside guidance because it's hard when we have these protocols on campus, but as soon as students step off campus, there's these other protocols. And so I don't know. I just think that's, I think, and I don't know, I think he's done a good job outside of COVID. Like there's been a few controversial issues that have come up like with Mitchell Miller, the hockey player and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I think he's just done a great job of handling things. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like before I never got like a weekly or like bi-weekly monthly message from our like um, president. Like I get videos from him in my, like I'm sure you guys too, in my email inbox all the time. And like all these town halls, like I just think he's done a tremendous job. I'm very impressed with the leadership he's brought to UND. And I'm excited to see where, he takes the university because I've already seen so like a lot of improvement within the six months that he's been here. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I am very impressed with him. think he's done a fabulous job and I can't wait to see where UND goes from here. Cause I think that we were kind of headed down a rocky path at one point, but I think Armacost has kind of helped with that. I agree. Yeah. He's, he's definitely turned the school around. But on a former president note, I'm, I'm curious, though, to see what did Mark Kennedy do with Colorado, the Colorado schools, considering oh. how much, how how all the stuff that he did to us, what has he done down there? If he, if he, would he have done this any differently than what uh, Armacost is doing? Honestly, that's a really interesting thing. But I also think Colorado as a whole state probably had mandates in. Oh, yeah. 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I think yeah. Colorado was probably really proactive about it because I haven't really like heard anything from them. Granted, I don't know their numbers, but I think that's the difference is that like Armacost was able to make his own call because North Dakota was lacking in that, where I feel like Q- Kennedy was probably forcing Colorado to put yeah. some things in place. But it would have been interesting to see how he handled it on our campus. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With no guidance from the outside. I bet Kennedy was loving it. He didn't have to make any decisions. I know. Probably. He's like, Colorado, do it for him. He's like, I can't handle it. Sorry, guys. You know what? Just cut the whole school. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're done. All the sports, you're done. All the classes, you're done. <laughs> we're, we're just going to kill the university. That's that's our best option right now. We're just going to yep. shut down for the year. No biggie. No biggie. Yep. No refund either. <laughs> no refund. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. Love that. Love so that. Uh, while we're talking about presidents, uh, we haven't gone political on the podcast in a little bit. And, uh, you know, we got to do some politics with you guys. What do you guys think of that? And excuse my language, that show of an election. And it's still not over. I think they're still going to uh, the electoral vote pretty soon. The electoral here. votes tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I personally was happy with the results or said results yeah the present I results really, i don't know i don't really know um for me i've struggled a lot with how trump handled the prior to the election um with like the supreme court justice and i think that that was a crappy call on his part I think how he handled the pandemic as a whole was against him in this election, personally. Um, Let's go to the Supreme Court justice quick. Why do you think it was a bad call? I know there's multiple reasons why people don't like it. You know, her inexperience and the fact that Trump just made the call right before the election. Yeah, I think for me, as like a strong, independent woman, I have an issue with her. Um, Okay. Mainly because of like that tweet she sent out that was like Roe v. Wade, like I'm coming for you or whatever the direct quote was. And I just think for me, that's so political to have right before an election. Like, I'm sorry, like, but I think that like sparked a lot of controversy anyway. I mean, like the whole thing I feel like was so sudden and like so out of the blue. And it's like we barely even mourn the death of like this amazing woman. And Do you then, think that Democrats would have done the same thing, though? I mean, honestly, probably. And I understand that. I just feel like for him, it probably wasn't super beneficial. I mean, I guess I don't really know. I can't really tell. But I know for me, that was like my final push to be like, Fuck you like I can't like take it anymore. Like I genuinely. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Looks like we need to bring back the bleep button, Ben. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Ben. It's okay. But going um, to that, do you think the Democrats now are going to pack the House like they had claimed they were going to of adding more seats so that way they can get the majority because they had had the majority for almost 100 years? I think for me, it's just the double standard for both f***ing parties. For both parties. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, it's the double standard. It's like... You can't win no matter where you're at because each side is against the other side. And I just wish that our the people in our government could just like stop acting like we're eight years old and in middle school and like work together to accomplish something. I really something, don't think yeah. like anything like anything what? at all. 
why is it just like I'm voting this way just because like a Democrat made this rule or I'm voting this way, like against it because a concert or Republican like made that rule. Like, why can't we just like look at whatever the issue is and vote on like what's best for the people? Isn't that what the government's for? Like what? That just makes too much sense, Molly. I just feel like that's just too logical. You can't have that. It's so annoying. And I feel like part of like the divide in this country is literally stemming from like the divide, like in our government. It's like, get over yourself. You're what? Fucking 40 years old. Like, come on. Have you learned anything in life? Come I think on. 40 years old is on the younger side. I know. Mexico, like, you know. You're old. Like, get yeah. over it. Like, swallow your pride, swallow your ego. And like, you ran on a platform that like you're speaking for like people. You're speaking for your people. So like judgment aside, like do what's best for everyone. I don't think I've seen a single senator or congressman or anything like that speak for the people in a long time. I think I've seen them speak for themselves every, exactly. every time. So, yeah, I think that also stems with what I said earlier with just people being selfish, like you're being selfish. End of story. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So going stemming off of like this whole, like looking at our representatives in Congress right now. I think the whole thing needs to be wiped out. Every single one of them is kicked out uh, unless they're new. Every person that has been on there for the past, whatever, how like a 12 year term is ridiculous. These people are no longer like doing the thing. They are so power hungry that it's, and like, I will say like the Amy Coney Barrett trials were ridiculous. It was literally the left versus the right just scream. It wasn't even her. It was ridiculous to watch our senators argue with each other and call each other out when we're trying to figure out that, like, it was about her. And at the end of the day, it came down to the fact of left versus right. It was not mm-hmm. a unified decision. Like, since I just, I think there's such a divide between the left and the right. I think that the election was absolutely insane i still think it's insane that it's still in this like whatever of trump won't concede and yada 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 i i mean i at the end of the day i'm just i'm happy that like our country is still standing i was a little worried that what would have happened um i i mean the part for me with this whole election that's like bothersome is how like people who voted for Trump people like are painted and like how, I mean, both sides, it goes for both sides because I mean, I see Trump people talking about Biden people too. But for me, the hard part is like, there's so much like slander out there that you're not a woman. If you voted for Trump and you're not this and you're not that and all this and that, like, one, I don't support him as a person. I don't support the way he acts. I don't support what he, how he's handled this pandemic. I don't, but in the end, for me, it was a policy decision. Like, I was in favor of Trump's policies over Biden's policies. If I was picking by the person, by the human being, I would have picked Biden. But I just, 
So for me, I just think that it's uh, like, since when does our political opinions make us a bad person? Since when does, it's like clearly, I mean, what we've understood is that like Molly and I have different stances on politics. And I'm lucky that we are able to have a friendship outside of that, that like, yeah, we might stand on opposite sides, but at the same time, we're not going to judge each other for what we believe in. Like, I mean, obviously there's, if you're being a human being, then yeah. But like me supporting conservative policies does not make me a bad person. And I don't know. I just like, I haven't, I mean, it's the right is doing it to the left too. So I can't say that it's only people from the left saying it to people on the right. I just think that there's such a divide between the left and the right that I don't know how we're going to get back. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to reach a point back to where it's like, okay, if you win, you win. Or if you win, like, there's always going to be an uprising. No matter. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I'm rambling now, but. My overall point is that our political opinions divide us and your political opinion does not make you who you are. Like, unless your political opinion drives you to be a human being, but like, I just, your political opinion at the end of the day doesn't make you who you are. It is not your morals. It is not your friendships, your relationships. It just, it's your own opinion. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. There's there's one thing that uh, Ben and I talked about earlier, and I think it shows more on the Democrat side than the Republican side. And I don't just mean to say that because I'm I'm an asshole, but I do think Democrats have a stronger sense of like moral superiority compared to Republicans. I feel like they see their side as the morally right side, the side that everyone should support. And that's why they get so angry at people who don't support it. But this election, um, you know, I used to be a Trump fan last year. We'd debate a bit, but man, as time went on, I just realized I hate them both. I just hate them both with a passion. And uh, yeah, hard election. And I didn't really care for the results because I just hated them both. And I think they're both going to do a terrible job. So I went I was like voting and everything because um, a lot of my friends here are actually very conservative. Um, I was like, honestly, like I hate both of the options we have. Um, and I think like my process was I'm hoping that Biden has a better team behind him to support him and help guide him than what Trump has. I feel like Trump has a hard time listening and like teamwork and collaboration where my thought process was I hope that the people behind Biden that's like working on his team, like he'll take that advice and like hear other people out was like my thought process. Hopefully. I don't like him, but I'm like praying for his team, you know? (laughs) At the end of the day, I didn't like either party either. In my opinion, I'm really still sad that Marco Rubio is just left in the dust. Like, I don't know. I enjoyed him in the 20... 16 election so in my opinion i basically like i didn't like either one of them i honestly thought about just not voting because i was like i there's neither party that i want to support at this point and but i went and voted and um i'm just looking forward to a new election where maybe we have some other people that can get in the mix. And 
I'm really hoping that we don't end up with two 75 year olds again. Like I am ready for like a young, like newer person to get in office. Like I'm so tired of all these old politicians that are just at this point, literally power hungry. Like, like I said, we need to wipe it all. (laughs) Wipe it out. Wipe them out. Everyone (laughs) wipe them out. What'd you guys think though of Biden picking Kamala Harris after the amount of hatred they both had towards each other during the debates and then he picks her? Uh, I'll be the first to say I do think it's identity politics. I, I don't think he picked Kamala because she was the best candidate. I don't think he picked her because he liked her. I think he picked her simply because it would get votes. And yeah, it did. It did get votes. I don't think they're going to work together very well, especially not as well as Mike Pence and Trump, just because Mike Pence was basically a little, I don't know, what would you say, a bellboy for Trump? He listened to Trump his, every word Trump, Trump said. Little yeah, basically. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And I don't, you know, Kamala's, as Molly said, a strong, independent woman. And I think she'll go against the go against the grain, if you will. And yeah, we'll see. I don't even know if Biden's going to be in office. We might see President Kamala. I, I think like, I agree with you, Mason. Like, I think that he picked her because of how it like looked to Democrats and like, I guess people that may have been like in the middle or like confused Um, But a lot of my friends and I have joked about how like it's really not about Biden and we're like, it's about her. And I think Biden hopefully will listen to her because I don't know. He's old. He's got some problems. I mean, I both like they're both old. So I think it was pretty much about like who is the vice president and like who would like potentially have to like take that person's like place at the end of the day. Like for me, that's what I was thinking. And I'm like. Thinking about Mike Pence being in office, like in charge, just like not for me. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I will say I am very happy that a woman is in the White House. I mean, as, as a woman, I'm happy to see that we finally have like bridged that gap. But I... I don't know. I do think Nancy Pelosi has the 25th amendment sitting on her desk and she's going to pull it real quick once he gets in office, because that means that she's just one more step closer then. And, um, but I do think Kamala Harris being the pick was kind of interesting. Um, I think that there were definitely better candidates than her, but I do think that it was a strategic plan for vote wise but yeah i don't know i do think that if mike pence was running for trump it would be easy because mike pence has a little bit of a better mouth than trump but yeah he's got a much more republican you know standard voice yeah it's very conservative but did you guys this is totally off topic but it's about the same thing did you guys see that interview um with trump's wife and she was like I know that he's the first president that you can connect with on social media or something. She's like, even though I don't agree with everything he says. I did not see that. She was like talking about his tweets pretty much. And she's like, this is the first time in history where like your president tweets or something or like actively is on social media. And she was like, even though I don't agree with everything he says, I'm like, what the, like, why, why was that ever an interview? (laughs) 
Couldn't tell you. I think I, I saw it on Twitter. So I, don't I might have to go see that. Well, yeah. it, it was what's your face on 60 Minutes doing the interview with Trump? Who was it? You, you know which one I'm talking about, right? The one where she's interviewing Trump. It's it's the one, it was one right before the election where he literally just walks out of the of the interview because oh, yeah. he didn't like the questions that she was asking because it wasn't about him. It was about some what was it? I, I just remember that one of it. It it literally sums up how he is. When he gets angry, he throws his temper tantrum. He goes onto social media and claims it's his only way to connect with the fake media because he's able to spit everything out. But he on his own is spitting out so many fake claims anyway, like this whole election. There's actually some, I saw someone who actually took a collection of his tweets to say, I conceded because he finally used all the letters in it once. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. His tweets have always been bad. Some are funny, but probably not appropriate for a president. It's just funny because you're like, why? Like, come yeah. on. I feel like it's just funny because that's like who's like running our country. And you're like, what in the world? It's a meme. It's been a meme the whole time. Literally. It's ridiculous. Do you think, though, Biden will run again in four years? No. I don't, don't think so. I genuinely I believe after this election, that's going to be it with like the whole like, I hate whatever side I'm not on. I think that this will be the last election that's like this because like Trump's gone or potentially gone. I don't know what's going on with the lawsuits, but I think now that he's out, I genuinely do not think Biden will run again. I don't because I I don't think he's going to do the best job. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't think it's going to be a thing like where everyone supports him and wants him to run again. I just think that like he was an option that was better than the option we had. I don't think he'll run again. I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't No, I didn't. I'll admit it. I didn't vote this election because I hated them both. Yeah, but if I did vote, it would have been simply on economic policy. I do think Trump would have done better with the recovery than Biden. And that I take that just from a historical point of view, you know, conservatives have done better every recession, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I just hated them both. I couldn't do it. I, I think Biden, you know, there's a lot of clips of him with his quote dementia end quote, but uh, yeah, I don't know how that, how he is like truly speaking, if he's actually like that, I didn't listen to him enough because I didn't care enough, but I guess we'll see what he, uh, what he does and what he implements. I, I think there's enough clips that are out there that it doesn't show a dimension. I think it's just, he's what, 75, 76. Just a senile old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that goes I for both. That, yeah, literally. I hope that neither one of them run again because I hope that in four years we can have a completely clean slate and have new potential candidates in there that like, like you said that they there's not that divide of like if you vote for this person I don't like you if you vote for that person I don't like you like I yeah so I mean I agree with Mason at the end of the day I was not a fan of either one of them I yeah I wish that we would have had better people but this is what we were graced with 
<laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm not somebody who's like doomsday, like, oh my God, what the hell is going to happen the next four years? Like, it is what it is at the end of the day to me. Like, I'm not upset about the outcome, I guess. Everything's just a waiting game in my yeah. mind, you know, <laughs> COVID, presidency, everything. We just got to wait and see. My yeah, like, but- my like thing is like he can't really mess up that much in four years. That's not already messed up because of this pandemic. So I'm like, how much worse can it act? Like honestly, how much worse can it actually get right now? I don't think it can get much worse. Right. Hopefully, um, so I think in terms of debt, it can get a hell of a lot worse. I, you know what? I can agree with that. I can agree with that. With you know, I've been seeing some plans like canceling student debt, and we can talk about that if you guys want. Um, but that will add on a ton of debt. Same with a bunch of other stuff he's planning with our already uh, debt from the stimulus. I'm sure he's considering another round of stimulus and that's a lot more debt. So, yeah. but on the flip side, every other country is experiencing that. Canada has one of the highest coronavirus debts right now. It's immensely high and I'm sure other countries are just the same. So it's hard. It's hard to consider. It's hard to not consider uh you know, it's hard to compare our debt to other countries when everybody's exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, but Mason, going back to the thing of well, to everyone's thing of it can't get really worse. We said this when Hill, when it was, when Trump won over Hillary, how much worse can it get back then? And it's like, history's just repeating itself. It's literally four years ago. We were probably, if we probably would have all had the same conversation we are having now of can't get really that much worse. And it did. All right, guys, I take my statement back. <laughs> you into it, okay? I'm not. I'm, I'm just being honest. It was like I remember having conversations with people. It's like over after Trump, after Hillary lost and Trump had won. It's like how how bad really can he screw up this country? The thing years? is, is I don't think he. I almost just swore. I don't think he messed us up that bad economically. I think socially and like social problems, he messed up our country. I don't think he like messed us up economically. Yeah, I I, I agree. Stand by that. I, I do not support him as a human being. I literally think he sucks. However, I don't think our country was doing terrible when he was in office. I don't. I think what, the issue was is like his ignorance to social issues and social problems. And I think that's necessarily like what divided everyone in the first place. And I think that's how our country went downhill. I don't think it was like economically at all until the pandemic hit. And then he just like completely went downhill because he couldn't handle that. And he couldn't handle our economy anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see exactly where you're coming from. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like that's, Socially, I did not support him. Economically, I do think he did great things for our country economically. Um, But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that his mouth is what separated us. And I do think, yeah, like I said, I'm just ready for 2024. 2024. Here we come. Four more years, baby. Four more years. You know, and it's uh, like you were saying, Trump went downhill with the pandemic. It's hard to judge which president would do well, you know, but yeah, definitely could have went better. Probably could have went worse. We don't know. I'll say this, though. Okay, if we if we were to look back at history of who was able to do a good job, I think FDR may have might might 
have been the only one since he was able to get us out of the great the great depression because of how of of just what he was able to of how he worked and how he did stuff he's the only one i think of really who could have maybe gotten us on track but truly no one could have prepared for this it's like I still remember when we talked about, I think it was maybe April when I think Molly, you said that George Bush read the book, a book, and he decided to have the a pandemic task force on mm-hmm. and everyone decided to get rid of it. It was like, I do wonder if we were to go back and say, yes, we are going to have a pandemic. We need this task force. How much different it really would have been. I honestly, like, I don't think it would have been that different. I think that what would have happened is as, like a country, I think we would have had better like leadership. And I think that was the issue is like Trump from the beginning, like didn't really believe in it and didn't really like take it seriously. I think if someone was in office and took it more seriously, would it have been as bad? I don't know, but I definitely don't think it like would have been stopped. And I don't think like things would be normal today. Still, if it was anyone else in office, I maybe our healthcare system wouldn't have been as overrun and maybe someone that was more prepared would have just put in a mask mandate regardless of state. But that's the only thing different I think would have happened because so much one person can do exactly because of like how the states are like, you can't shut down the states. You can't shut down our borders like to the states. So like how much differently could it have been? I don't know. I don't really think it would have been that different besides like a mandatory mask mandate. And that's the only thing I can think of that would have been different than what Trump did. I think the only way it would have went different is if we had a different public, you know, I think all of this just goes back to the public. And the only reason why it got bad is because of the public, you can't, you can't blame government officials for everything. Although some people like to, but you know, it's a lot of the public, a lot of stupidity. Sorry, but some Americans are stupid. (laughs) I also think it's just like the lack of like, knowledge slash like education on it because like everyone just like listens to everything and like hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this i hate to throw her under the bus but she literally is like i don't want you going out like unless you have a mask on and i wear my mask every like you have to in new hampshire and i've always worn it i think out of all my friends i am the best at wearing my mask like i wear it all the time um And I was like, but mom, you understand like me wearing a mask does not necessarily protect me. It protects others from me. My mom thinks if you put a mask on, you have like a shield force field over (laughs) you and you cannot catch COVID. I'm like, mom, the mask slows the spread. It doesn't stop it. And I think like that's the issue is then like my grandmother will go out. She's like, well, I'm wearing a mask. And I'm like, that doesn't. It doesn't like protect you necessarily if nobody else is wearing one. The, the only way you really could be protected is if in your, if you're in that full full body hazmat suit with everything on. That's about the only way. Or you're in a special plexiglass box that nothing gets in or out of. No, exactly. And I think like that lack of like education and understanding is like really like what messes up. All of it is like there are people like her that are probably her age that also believe if you put a mask on, you can go anywhere and you are safe. That is not the case. Do you think it's a lack of education or ignorance to education? I think it's a lack of and I also think it's the media throwing like out to like the public because like when all this started, it was 
wear a mask, everything's fine. And then the more studies that came out, it was like, <laughs> maybe not, but still wear one. And then it's like, don't wear one because then you're like a sheep or whatever. And then it's like, oh, wear one. Like, it's all just been like that back and forth as this is, we're predicting this. And then a study comes out and it's like, well, that's not necessarily true anymore. Like the symptoms, when the symptoms first came out, they were very specific. And now it's pretty much like anything. It's a symptom. You know what I mean? So people are like looking for these symptoms. Like I can't breathe or like shortness of breath. And it's like, well, my runny nose slash fever could also be COVID-19. But like that wasn't put into place until like what? Three months later. Yeah. Or, or it's, you look at the people who, who wear masks. It's like, you've got the ones who leave their nose hanging out or they just, co- or they have their nose covered in their mouth. mouth <laughs> it's around their chin. Or it's the chin strap or it's, I, I think that's the other thing. It's like, they think, Oh, I, I just need to cover my mouth. My nose doesn't bother. It's like, no, it's, if you look at how they said to do it at the beginning, it's cover your nose and mouth, not, Oh, I'll have my nose hanging out and look like a dork with literally a chin strap covering my face. I think when it's I was, cover every opening you can, you know, cover nose, mouth, and with those face shields, you want to cover eyes because mm-hmm. right. it can get in anywhere. When I was working in retail, when I first got back to New Hampshire, people would literally take their mask off of their face to sneeze. And I was like, keep it on. Like the whole point of you wearing that is so your germs don't spread. Like, why are you taking it off to sneeze on all my shit? Yeah. Jeez. I'm like, oh, it's like the lack of like education and understanding of like what the purpose of a mask is. <laughs> Maybe we need like a PSA about it, but like understand what it's for. And it's not a force field. Oh, the amount of times I was told I can't wear a mask. I- oh, over oh, like- that. Difficulty breathing or what? Oh, difficulty breathing. Oh, it hurts too much. Oh, it's a pain. Have you ever thought of the nurses or people who are wearing these things for eight hours a day? You're in the store for, what, 20 minutes? You can't suck it up? No, that's just people being babies. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Yeah. For me, the kicker was... I noticed like I would go be in target or something and I would go down an aisle and there would be a person with their mask down and then they would see me and be like, Oh, and I'm like, why even take it off? Like, you're not supposed to take it off. Keep it on your face. And also the people that it just kills me that like they pull down their mask to talk. And I'm like, I can hear you. It's a little muffled, but like, I can hear it's you. Okay. <laughs> um, I, but education, I think it's both. I think one, it's a lack of education because like Molly said, everything has changed throughout this pandemic. You know, if, if we would have had like a unified set of rules the day this came out, I think that things would be a lot different. But like the fact that like, in like, cause so I, for Thanksgiving, my family went to Colorado and we drove. So it's like North Dakota, you had a mask mandate. Then we go to South Dakota because we drove. No mask mandate. Nebraska, same thing. Colorado was probably the most like safe I felt the whole time, but like, it's just interesting. Like it's so hard to follow a set of rules when it's like, I mean, I wore my mask everywhere. I do. I'm very much so like in support of masks, but like, it was interesting that like I go from North Dakota where everybody's wearing masks everywhere they go to South Dakota, where I go into a gas station and nobody's wearing a mask or Nebraska. Same thing. No, the, we stop somewhere to eat. 
a group of people walks in, none of them are wearing masks. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know. But going back to like Biden, so like there's that whole rumor of like, we're going to be on a lockdown. Do you guys think that that's actually going to happen? No. No. I don't think he can. If he could enforce it, I'm sure he would, but I don't think he can. Exactly. I feel like, does he want to? Right. Sure. And do I see his logic behind it? Sure. But I, he just physically cannot do it. Like, do I mm-hmm. wish he could at sometimes? Yes. I wish he could just shut it down for two weeks in hopes that like, but at the same time, like it's not just going to go away in two weeks. I hate to say it. It's not going to. And we've already kind of done that one time and almost a year ago. <laughs> and it really didn't do much. Yeah. And I just would hate to right. see like businesses, like especially small businesses have to shut down again. Cause I feel like a lot of businesses will go under if we have to shut down again. Oh, but for even sure. Bigger ones. And I just like feel terrible for like all those people that like run these small businesses that now are like, literally excuse my language like all because the government too so you know i've seen so many businesses posting that they're either one they're saying we need your help Mm -hmm. or two basically saying sorry i closed my doors and it's really really sad because it's like people with these small businesses you know they opened it up because like that was their passion and something they dreamed of doing. It's not like a franchise that, you know, is, but so it's sad to see these small businesses close their doors. And, um, so as of right now, Minnesota indoor dining is closed and the boardwalk in East Grand Forks actually like opened up and she was like, like basically was like, sorry, I can't afford to stay closed. And I get it. But like, the penalty is like a $25,000 fines and then you could lose your license. And the Minnesota DA is actually going after these businesses that are opening up with that, like, cause they're supposed to be closed for indoor dining. And I guess there's already been like three cases against restaurants that have opened up for dining. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Terrible spot to I'm be in. I'm very empathetic you know? towards, right, right. Yeah. I'm very empathetic towards, everyone right now um going through this so well i'd like to say for some good news but unfortunately und hockey has been doing the best um we've lost the last or we lost two games and we tied the one in between correct ben i think I think we have two losses in a tie now we won we won on sunday when we played western michigan 8 to 2 Yep. We we lost against Denver two to three on Tuesday, and Saturday we lost against St. Cloud three to five. Oh, yeah. So no tie. Sorry about no that. No tie. Um, basketball, um, I think did a slightly better. Uh, women's basketball on Saturday on last Sunday lost seventy two eighty four against Montana State. They lost against Montana seventy two to eighty six. Men's basketball won 75-71. Oh, I'm sorry. We did it. We did win on the shootout against Duluth two to two. We I'm sorry. We tied in overtime two to okay. two. Um, Friday we lost to Saint uh, South Dakota State sixty two to seventy four. The women's game was canceled. 
And then on Saturday, we lost against NDSU 52 to 53. So basketball is not doing the best right now. But all sports aren't doing the best, but I have faith. I have faith, Ben, and so should all of us. Yeah. But I also was reading a rumor that UND hockey might have to stop playing because they might not have enough healthy players. Really? I'd have to look more into that, but. Yeah, it's. It's but okay. You look at it. It's what's happening with all with all college sports. Like they get below the minimum amount they need to play, and then they can't play anymore. I think that's like with all sports. So wasn't there like an issue with the NFL too at the beginning of the season? <laughs> we all I know think some teams, girl, but and the Patriots have been sucking. But but I just remember like they're like, well, these like four players can't play because they have COVID, and I'm like, then what's the point of like? what's the point of playing if you can't play like with your entire team? Because obviously like you're going to do crappy if like your main players are like not play. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, that's obviously like super tough. And like, I feel everything's like- just a tough spot to be in this whole, this whole year is just a tough spot to be in. It really is <laughs> for everyone. Every it's industry really it's been a rough year. Hopefully 2021 is a little bit better. I will say I've agreed that 2020 has like sucked, but I will say my personal growth as a human being has been tremendous. Like hasn't been the best year for like opportunities and experiences, but I think like personally I've come a long way. Good. I don't know if I have, (laughs) I don't know. 2020, like actually there's been so much bad that's happened like outside of all this, but like, um, and personally, there's been like, I just know people that have got, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Screw 2020. But I agree with Molly. I have reached a huge, like personal, what like level of well being and like, yeah. So like I started losing weight, my mental health set a good point. So yeah, doing good. So as much as 2020 did suck, the end of it wasn't too horrible. For I'm me, proud of you, Madison. For me personally. I will say, like, when I got back from school and, like, graduated, I was, like, super ashamed of, like, myself because, like, I wasn't applying to jobs, mainly because, like, when the pandemic first hit, like, I was super, like, not in a good head spot at all. Like, I was very isolated, obviously. You guys know, like, I lived alone in North Dakota. Like, I was very much, like, alone and, like, within my own head trying to, like, graduate school. And I was so ashamed because, like, I couldn't even, like, apply to jobs because, like, I didn't feel like I was confident, like, enough. And I think that was also part of the reason why I wasn't applying. I was like, I don't even know, like, where to go from here. So I just feel like after, like, being home and just, like, relaxing, unwinding, like, being with my family for once and, like, my friends from, like, school, from high school. Oh, my God, that's so weird. Like, years ago. It's been so nice to, like, finally, like, be in a spot where, like, I'm comfortable. And then, like, I feel like that, like, personally for me has been, like, amazing. I think uh, every citizen of basically every country needs a 2021 vacation. Yep. (laughs) I think we'll end it on that note. Thank you for tuning into Dakota's Doing Podcast. We'll be back next week. And thank you for your continued support during this uh, tough time. Have a good one, guys. Bye.